Blog Talk Radio. Psalm 82, a psalm of Asaph. God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. He judgeth among the gods. How long will ye judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked? Selah. Defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and needy. Rid them out of the hand of the wicked. They know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. I have said, Ye are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. But ye shall die like men, and fall like one of the princes. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for thou shalt inherit all nations. Well, good morning, everyone. This is uh, Kennard Brown speaking. I'm your host for the Merciful Servants of God uh, Biblical Instructional Program. Starting a little late today, I had some uh, car issues. So, uh, but they are resolved now, so I shouldn't have an issue with the car anymore. Thank Elohim for that. Anyway, this Bible study is about the judgment of Elohim, or God, uh, in the context of Hurricane Isaac. And um, I, I want to focus on that today. And that's the major world event that occurred this week. Um, we, we still are suffering economically right now. People are having, having a hard time trying to locate decent-paying jobs. Uh, that's not going to stop anytime soon, it appears. So we need to do all we can to prepare for um, the value of the dollar um, just dropping down a drain here, and we, we need to prepare to um, stock up foods in our homes, and we need to invest our monies, not in 401k plans right now or IRAs, but we need to invest the money into gold and silver, which is the true currency that we should have instead of a U.S. note or a U.S. IOU. Uh, there are scriptures that remind us, and you know the tone of my Bible studies uh, until further notice is going to be in the context of preparing this country, preparing the world for the Great Tribulation, which is going to be around the corner. I, I don't know what year is going to happen, but the way things are going, not just in the United States but around the world, we need to, to realize that we are living in the end times now. Proverbs chapter 22, starting in verse 3, it says, The clever see trouble coming and hide. The simple go on and pay the penalty. Now, I'm sure that you don't want to pay the penalty for not <laughs> seeing what's going on and doing something about it. And my job is to show you what's coming. And Ezekiel it reminds me of this prophecy. It referred to Ezekiel, but it also refers to people who understand the biblical prophecies. 
And we need to understand, uh, particularly which nations uh, God inspired Ezekiel to prophesy to. And then, of course, uh, folks that are Torah teachers that understand the scriptures should repeat these scriptures because let's remember, um, hold your place in Ezekiel chapter 3 and let's turn to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 20. And the complete Jewish Bible version, it states, You have been built on the foundation of the missionaries and the prophets, with the cornerstone being Yeshua the Messiah himself. So the assembly should involve not just the uh, renewed covenant scriptures or what is commonly known as the New Testament, but it should also include the uh, prophets, which is a Jewish idiom to mean the entire uh, Old Testament writings or, or the Tanakh. So it's very important to understand it. That's why I quote from the what is commonly known as the Old Testament. I don't think it's toilet paper like a lot of Christians uh, believe. But uh, I, I use it because it's a part of what true believers use to, to properly understand and worship God. So anyway, getting back to Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 1, in the complete Jewish Bible version, he said to me, human being, eat what you see in front of you, eat this scroll, then go and speak to the house of Israel. Says, so I opened my mouth, and he gave me the scroll to eat. And, and then as he said, human being, eat this scroll I am giving you, fill your insides with it. When I ate it, it tasted as sweet as honey. Says, human being, he said to me, go to the house of Israel and speak my words to them. So you're not being sent to a people with a difficult language and unintelligible unintelligible speech, but to the house of Israel. In verse 6, not to many peoples with difficult languages and unintelligible speech whose words you don't understand when you hear them. Without doubt, if I sent you to them, they would listen to you. But the house of Israel would, would not be willing to listen to you because they aren't willing to listen to me, since all the house of Israel are obstinate and hard-hearted. Now, let's understand, when most people you know, first read the Bible, they think uh, Israel is just referring to the Jews. It's not just referring to the Jews. It's referring to the other tribes, which are 11, of all the house of Israel. And the house of Israel, or Israel, was split into two houses, which uh, is defined as the house of Israel and the house of Judah because of Solomon's sin. But they will be reunited, as, as Exodus, not Exodus, but Ezekiel chapter 37 reveals. But anyway, getting back to Ezekiel 3, verse 7, but the house of Israel will not be willing to listen to you because they aren't willing to listen to me, since all the house of Israel are obstinate and hard-hearted, stubborn. And then verse 8, however, I am making you as defiant and obstinate as they are, in the opposite way, of course. Yes, I am making your... Um, resoluteness harder than flint as hard as a diamond so don't be afraid of them or depressed by how they look at you because they are a rebellious house and then he said to me human being receive in your heart and hear with your ears all my words that i speak to you then go to the exiles to your countrymen and speak to them tell them here's what adonai elohim says whether they listen or not all right so that was uh, his command and that's our command too as uh, Torah teachers to, to tell people What's going on here? And in verse 17, be, uh, human being, I have appointed you to be a watchman for the house of Israel. When you hear a word from my mouth, you are to warn them for me. If I say to a wicked person, you will certainly die, and 
you fail to warn him to speak and warn that wicked person uh, and warn the wicked person to leave his wicked way and save his life, then that wicked person will die guilty, and I will hold you responsible for his death. On the other hand, if you warn that the wicked person, he doesn't turn from his wickedness or his wicked way, then he will still die guilty, but you will have saved your own life. So this is very important to understand here in verse 20. Similarly, when a righteous person turns away from his righteousness and commits wickedness, I will place a stumbling block before him. He will die because you failed to warn him. He will die in his sin. His righteous acts, which he did, will not be remembered, and I will hold you responsible for his death. Verse 21, but if you warn the righteous person that a righteous person should not sin, and he doesn't sin, then he will certainly live because he took the warning, and you too will have saved your life. So it's a it's a important responsibility uh, for Torah teachers that understand the Bible to to preach the truth, to preach the truth to other people who are willing to listen. So that that's very important as well. And let's examine what what has happened this week uh, with Hurricane Isaac, which is is pretty interesting. Uh, I think the hurricane hit. Let me look in the Wikipedia here just to make sure I'm being accurate with this. And I'll just type in Hurricane Isaac. Get this information here. Again, sorry about this, folks. I gotta find this here. I know it's in here somewhere. Isaac, according to Wikipedia, says affected the northern Gulf Coast of the United States, including the western Florida Panhandle, Alabama, Mississippi, and Louisiana, as a tropical depression. So it says the ninth tropical cyclone and ninth named storm of the 2012 Atlantic hurricane season. Isaac developed from a tropical wave, and so forth. I'm not going to read the rest of that. 
says the storm made its first U.S. landfall at 6:45 uh, Central Time that evening near the mouth of the Mississippi River. It made a second and final landfall at 2 o'clock uh, Central Standard Time the next morning at Port Forcon in Louisiana. At least nine fatalities have been confirmed in the United States: five in Louisiana and two each in Mississippi and Florida, which is not good there. So the interesting thing about this hurricane is that it did cause more flooding in certain areas than Katrina. And the interesting thing about this, when did this hit? Yeah, it landed one day before uh, the seven years when Katrina landed August 29th. So that's very interesting. Also, the southern decadence, I hope I'm pronouncing it right. A gay event <laughs> in both cases uh, was in the process of starting. And to me, I don't think that's a coincidence or accidental occurrence at all. I believe God is uh, giving us a message of how he feels about um, events like uh, Southern uh, decay, cadence and, and so forth that promotes the homosexual lifestyle. So we need to to understand that, and I did explain in another program, I'll briefly go over it again, why God allows hurricanes, and, and why does he allow judgments like that anyway? Well, let's let's look at Isaiah chapter 26, verse 9, and then I'm going to go over the hurricane, uh, summarize it anyway. Isaiah chapter 26, verse 9, states plainly, it says, My soul desires you at night. My spirit in me seeks you at dawn, for when your judgments are here on the earth, the people in the world learn what righteousness is. Now, an example of that, let me, I was reading an article in preparation of actually sharing that today. Uh, let me pull it up here. Isaac Lee's Distress. It's a CNN article by Brian Todd and Greg Patelho from CNN says Isaac Lee's distress perspective in southeastern Louisiana. Uh, states here that um, in Breathwaite, Louisiana, for urban Truel, there's no escaping the misery. Because of Hurricane Isaac, Truel's home in Breathwaite, Louisiana, is ruined by floodwaters. So too is the gas station and convenience store he owned and ran in the community, 15 miles by car and 10 miles as the crow flies from New Orleans. But all that pales to what Truel, the fire chief of Breathwaite and Woodland and Black Mines Parish, saw when he and fellow volunteer firefighters steered their boat up to the home of a couple he knew. Inside they found a pair floating in the kitchen, the first of at least three fatalities in Louisiana being blamed on Isaac. It's not something I want to see, and I hope it's the last ones we do see, said an exhausted Truel on Friday, a day after he pulled the couple from the home. In terms of total deaths, Isaac doesn't compare to Hurricane Katrina, which led to nearly 1,800 fatalities in New Orleans and the vicinity seven years ago. Isaac struck Louisiana on Tuesday night as a Category 1 hurricane, not a Category 3 like Katrina. However, don't tell that, though, to the thousands of residents in St. Tamani Ascension, um, plaque mines and other parishes who Friday found their homes and hometowns still deluged. 
even with a few drops of drizzle falling all day and with levels down considerably from the previous day, waters were still 10 feet deep in spots. This is unbelievable. Deja vu, man. Billy Nungesser, president of Plaque Mines Parish, said Thursday as he surveyed the town of Ironton, inundated by flood water and sludge, there is more water here than Katrina. Let me underscore this. It says there is more water here than Katrina. It was a sentiment or feeling echoed by an assistant fire chief in the parish while on a boat moving through an area in which floodwaters almost universally covered the first floor of 200 homes. And it says most people had heated a mandatory evacuation order issued Monday, but not all. Video footage from CNN affiliate New Orleans WWL showed rescuers pulling out an axe and hacking an attic vent. Soon after, 70-year-old Fred um, Leazel, or Lyle, Leslie rather, climbed out and slid down his roof. Rescuers also managed to get out his four dogs, one of whom fell into the water and another who jumped into a reporter's arms. Dressed in a T-shirt and shorts, Leslie said that he had evacuated ahead of Katrina. He told WWL that he'd stayed this time because I didn't think it would happen again, but within just five minutes, Leslie said his home was six feet deep with water. He didn't grab whatever he could, got the dogs, and rushed to the attic. Says there will be no rebuilding here this time, as Leslie did after Katrina. So anyway, this hurricane was in effect, and then at the bottom, it says uh, it's just that people, it's just people helping people. She said it's amazing to me, it's nice to me, it's a beautiful kind of thing. And this goes hand. The reason why I was reading some of this, uh, the scripture where it talks about uh, the judgments on the earth, Isaiah chapter twenty-six, verse nine. Unf- Unfortunately, it takes a hurricane for people to to learn what righteousness is. People helping people that that's what we need to be doing. We need to be sharing and caring, and we shouldn't wait for a hurricane that to allow us to do that or to show that we care. Because when we don't have hurricanes, there's still people suffering in this country. They need help. They need help, and I love quoting this scripture because it's a it tells us what our worship should be all about. In James 1, verse 27, it says the religious, um, when you look at religion in the original um, Greek that it was written in, it, it means worship. So the worship observance that God the Father considers pure and faultless is this, to care for orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being contaminated by the world. That to God is pure worship, the kind of worship that we should have. And unfortunately, we don't have that. Uh, Malachi chapter 2, verse 17 says, You have wearied Adonai of the Lord with your words, yet you ask, How have we wearied him? By saying that anyone who does wrong is good from Adonai's perspective and that he is delighted with them, or by asking, where is the God of justice? And and I know many people say, hey, where is the God of justice uh, or or judgment? And when he allows things like Hurricane Isaac to occur, that's an example of his judgment. Uh, Like I said, in particular, this decadence uh, gay event happening uh, in both cases, uh, where Katrina came around the same time, they were having this. 
And, uh, of course, they had to delay it, but they're going to start it up again uh, on, uh, I think, Friday. Or I think they already started it already. <laughs> yeah, because Friday is fast. So it's, it's unfortunate that this hurricane, of course, is not going to stop them from doing something that's an abomination, according to the scriptures. But um, hopefully, as things continue to get worse, these people will wake up and realize uh, the sin in their ways. Um, then Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3, starting in verse 1, the complete Jewish Bible version. Look, I am sending my messenger to clear it away before me, and the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. Yes, the messenger of the covenant in whom you take such delight Look, he comes, says Adonai. Verse 2. But who can endure the day when he comes? Who can stand when he appears? It's talking about his second coming, which will involve fire. But he will be like a refiner's fire, like the soap maker's lyre or lay. Verse 3. He will sit, testing and purifying the silver. He will purify the sons of Levi, refining them like gold and silver so that they can bring offerings to Adonai uprightly. So for those who think the offerings will be um, destroyed or taken away, excuse me, that's not true. It's going to come back again. This scripture proves it. Verse 4 of Malachi, Then the offering of Yehuda and Jerusalem, or Jerusalem will be pleasing to Adonai as it was in the days of old, as in the years gone by. It's a simple statement for those who are confused about whether or not the sacrificial system will be reinstituted. Well, let me read Malachi 3, verse 4 again. It says, Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasing to Adonai, as it was in the days of old, as in the years gone by. Now, the pivotal verse here is verse 5. Then I will approach you for judgment, and I will be quick to witness against sorcerers, adulterers, perjurers, against those who take advantage of wage earners, widows and orphans against those who rob the foreigner of his rights and don't fear me, says the Lord. So we better learn how to fear him. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 29. It says, Judgments are in store for scorners and blows for the backs of fools. So we we want to not scorn and take for granted the judgments of God. That word scorners in the King James Version, it means uh, to make miles at, that is to scoff, to have in derision, to mock. And this is interesting because getting back to this hurricane, uh, the people in the French Quarter, they were boarding up certain windows there and I remember one of the signs stating uh, Hurricane Isaac is just category one aha aha you know so here we go you're mocking God himself because God is is in control of these hurricanes here and I have an article I'm just going to quote from the own article that I wrote about this to summarize again because you need to understand this that that God is, is behind the weather disturbances here and he wants to see us um, repent from our wickedness. 
And that's why he allows these things to wake us up to reality. So let me go to this article here that I wrote. Uh, God in Hurricanes is a good article. I suggest you read it. God in Hurricanes. And there's one scripture in Job 37, verse 11 and 13, uh, in the contemporary English version. It says, Rain clouds filled with lightning appear at God's command, traveling across the sky to release their cargo. Sometimes it's punishment for sin. Sometimes it's as kindness. And then in the New American Standard Bible Version, Job 36, verse 29 to 32. Can anyone understand the spreading of the clouds, the thundering of his pavilion? Behold, he spreads his lightning about him, and he covers the depth of the sea. For by these he judges people. He gives food in abundance. He covers his hands with the lightning and commands it to strike the mark. That's in Job chapter 36, verse 29 to 32. So a lot of Elohim's communication or God's communication is through the weather. Amos 4, verse 6 to 11, it says, But in all your towns I have kept food from your teeth, and in all your places there has been need of bread, and still you have not come back to me. He does these things to influence you to come back to them. And I have kept back the rain from you, when it was still three months before grain cutting, I sent rain on one town and kept it back from another. One part was rained on, and the part where there was no rain became a waste. So two or three towns went wandering to one town looking for for water and did not get enough, and still you have not come back to me, says the Lord. I have sent destruction on your fields by burning and disease, the increase of your gardens and your vine gardens, your fig trees and your olive trees has been food for worms, and still you have not come back to me, says the Lord. Uh, I have sent disease among you, as it was in Egypt. I have put your young men to the sword and have taken away your homes. I made the evil smell from your tents come up to your, your noses, and still you have not come back to me, says the Lord. And I have sent destruction among you, as when God sent destruction on Sodom and Gomorrah, and you were like a burning stick pulled out of the fire, and, and still you want, and still you have not come back to me, says the Lord. So he's he's very adamant and, and straightforward about that. And you know why does God allow natural disasters? Well, you know Isaiah fifty nine, verse one is pretty clear. It says, "Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot see; nor his ear heavy, that it cannot hear." But your iniquities or your sins have separated you from your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. And it says in John 14, verse 6, and John 17, verse 17, For your hands are defiled with blood, and your fingers with iniquity. Your lips have spoken lies, and your tongue has muttered perversion. No one calls for justice, and nor does any plead for truth. And see, that, that's the problem, too, uh, with the situation around the world. Uh, people don't take Elohim seriously unless they see a hurricane and then they start to <laughs> they start to really get serious and realize, hey, you know, I know there's a God and he can bail me out here. And that's the t- natural tendency for most human beings to to act that way, they typically wait for something to occur before they, they finally repent. 
So there's another scripture, uh, Revelation 15, verse 4. This is in the King James Version. Who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name? For thou only art holy, for all nations shall come and worship before thee, for thy judgments are made manifest. And that's what happens when the judgments are made manifest, that people eventually snap out of it and start desiring to, to want to obey. Revelation chapter 16, verse 7. And I heard another out of the altar say, Even so, Lord God Almighty, true and righteous are thy judgments. So this whole book of Revelation is about the judgments of God, the seven seals, the seven trumpets, and the seven plagues. Revelation chapter 19, verse 2. For true and righteous are his judgments, for he have judged a great whore which did corrupt the earth, with her fornication, a spiritual fornication, and has avenged the blood of his servants at her hand. So I just hope that you see that he uses judgments to wake us up to reality. And we we have to take what happened on the 28th of August to three states, Mississippi, Alabama, and New Orleans and Ashley four states in Florida and realize that he allowed that because he's he's angry at the status of people in this country, how they act, uh, what they do. He, he just doesn't like it. Uh, there's a scripture in Isaiah 45, verse 7, and Amos 3, verse 6. I am the Lord, and there is no other. I form the light and create darkness, I make peace and create calamity. If there's calamity in a city, will not the Lord have done it? So, Isaiah 45, verse 7, Amos 3, verse 6. So we, we must understand uh, his judgments. And, and Isaiah 29, verse 6 to 8, says, You will be punished by the Lord of hosts with thunder and earthquake and great noise and with storm and tempest and the flame of devouring fire. The multitude of all the nations who fight against Ariel or Jerusalem, even all who fight against her in her fortress and distress her, shall be a dream of a night vision. It shall be as when a hungry man dreams and looks, he eats, but he awakes, and his soul is still empty. Or as when a thirsty man dreams and looks, he eats, and he awakes, and indeed he is faint, and his soul still craves. So the multitude of all the nations shall be who fight against Mount Zion. So that that's interesting. That's what I'm looking forward to being a part of. It says, How long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity? For scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. Turn at my rebuke. Surely I will pour out my spirit on you, and I will make my words known to you. So it's, it's that simple for folks. You just got to repent and change your mind, and he'll come into you. But this is where we're headed, folks. Isaiah 13, verses 11 and 13. I will punish the world for its evil, 
and the wicked for their iniquity. And I will halt the arrogance of the proud and will lay low the haughtiness of the terrible. I will make a mortal more rare than fine gold, a man more than the golden wedge of Ophir. Therefore I will shake the heavens and the earth will move out of her place in the wrath of the Lord of hosts and in the day of his fierce anger. So we, we have to prepare for that event if most of us are still living in the world at that time. So, and I asked a question in, in the article, yet how much more suffering do we have to go through to fully understand that we are not completely obeying Yahweh? So that's something that we need to analyze and think about. So I just hope you understand that he works through the weather to get his point across. And he also, in Isaiah chapter 3, he is revealed that he'll take a, take away the stay of bread, the ability to take care of yourself from you, to get you to think, to get you to understand what you did wrong. And yes, um, this walk does involve fasting, and it, it involves um, having a sacrifice. For Elohim, for God, He expects us to sacrifice. So, you know, again, He did us a favor by allowing His Son to die for all of mankind, and we should return the favor by being obedient to Him. That's what we should do. And so, this Hurricane Isaac, we had judgment in July with the country being as hot as it is. And we need to to realize that he's doing these things to provoke us, influence us strongly to be righteous. That's why he is doing this. And we need to get closer to God, pray to him, and realize that we must surrender through our white flag to him and learn how to obey him. And realize that Whatever we do wrong, we're going to get punished for it. And whatever we do right, we'll be rewarded for it. But it's going to reward you for wickedness, and that reward is something I'm sure that none of you want to go through. Now, I have talked about the doctrine of eternal judgment in my archives, so you can go and listen to that. And um, this is going to be a short Bible study here, because I really need to get some rest. I'm really tired, and... Um, I've had a hard week here, and but I thought, I thought I'd get on the show here and uh, briefly talk about the judgments of God and why He does it, and in the context of uh, of Hurricane Isaac. So, with that, may Elohim bless you and keep you and protect you, and Elohim willing, I will be available next week for you. Malachi chapter 4 For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble. And the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and ye shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. 
and ye shall tread down the wicked. For they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in the day that I shall do this, saith the Lord of hosts. Remember ye the law of Moses my servant, which I commanded unto him in Horeb for all Israel, with the statutes and judgments. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. 